Hello, 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 and welcome to the show. It's Wrestling with Entertainment, bringing you the latest exclusive breaking news, previewing and reviewing the latest shows from WWE, AEW, New Japan, and everything in between. Every Saturday on YouTube and Castbox, bringing you a special Wednesday edition. I am your host, James J. And joining me today, my co-host, Scooter Dust. Hey, hey, hey. And it's a great day for wrestling as well. Because we are wrestling with... Whiskey John Interview. How are you, Whiskey? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. And... What is Whiskey John doing right now in pro wrestling? Uh, right now, actually, I'm, I'm just getting started out as far as wrestling goes. I do a lot of commentary mostly uh, mm -hmm. and what we call warm-up matches on shows. A lot of times before they start filming for streaming, you'll get your crowd hyped up with a match. Uh, and usually you use your less experienced guys like myself for that. So uh, I'm still technically training and under a training contract. So I actually wrestle for WCWA, which is World Class Wrestling Association. And uh, we actually, as far as the Midwest goes, we have one of the most talented scenes. Most of our guys wrestled for AAA in Mexico. Um, we have guys, actually my trainer and the guy who just recently lost our championship wrestled for AEW Dark. Against Scooter's Boys in the Dark Order. Yeah, I find that very interesting because I myself was an indie worker uh, back in 2010 for the New York Wrestling Connection. Uh, I trained under Mikey Whipwreck, Pat Buck, and Alex Reynolds, and John Silver, uh, as well as having worked with in, in a bunch of other WWE talents, having been an extra as well so i like that <clears throat> yeah i like that connection but that was years ago tell us more about wcwa uh well world, world class wrestling association started out over in atlanta georgia uh just recently uh, apparently the owner moved out here to the ozark mountains realized that in the area there wasn't a big wrestling scene but there was a lot of wrestling fans. So it wasn't, there was no saturation in the market. So he started it up. Uh, and then I found out about it about a year ago. And prior to that, I had worked with TCW in Mid-South and doing a lot of marketing and things like that. Uh, but about a year ago, I found out that it, the WCWA existed here in the Ozark Mountains. And I found out because one of my absolute favorite AAA wrestlers and now AEW wrestler, uh, Brian Cage, came to town and did a show with them. And when I watched the show, I ended up getting in touch with the promoter and started training with them almost immediately. That's really, oh. it's really interesting. And what can people find you on social media? Uh, as far as I go, you can obviously find me on Instagram uh, at Whiskey John. Uh, it's Whiskey underscore John. You can find me on Facebook, Whiskey John 4244. Uh, same thing for Twitter at Whiskey John 4244. And you can find me on surprisingly TikTok uh, oh, at really? Whiskey John. 
do a lot of goofy videos on there. Oh, one thing, checking your Instagram, I saw that you posted a picture of you got a hole in your head. Yes, yeah. Um, that's not something that I've I've gone public with recently. That wasn't a wrestling injury, okay. uh, but I'll, I'll I'll tell you the story about it. It's uh, you know, all of my buddies know about it. All my family knows. What happened is, I I had a growth show up, and uh, I went and had it removed and had it biopsied. That left a big hole in my head. Actually, uh, the growth ended up being benign, which was kind of amazing because it was a 95% chance of it being cancerous. So, um, yeah, it ended up being benign, but it kept me out of, out of the ring. I'm actually just got cleared to go back. I'm going back tonight. Oh, so, wow. Awesome. Yeah. It, it's, it's a really big, it's a really good thing. It that really is. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. You, uh, you told me that you've been wrestling for about eight months now. Um, yes. which was the start of the pandemic era of wrestling. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you t- maybe tell us what it's like to start your career in the pandemic era of pro wrestling? Probably the worst era of all time. <laughs> yeah, it, it's probably the worst era for the entire world, actually, but probably every business, uh, except for maybe medicine. But um, the, the the reality of it was... I was very blessed in the timing because having just gotten started, most guys that start out in the Indies, they end up within a month, they get thrown into a battle Royal, not knowing anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been there. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, you get kind of thrown into matches by promoters who are kind of trying to use their free talent from students and, and, I didn't have to really go through that as much. I, I still obviously, you know, want to work with my promotion. It's a great promotion, but I didn't have to go through that as much. I actually got a lot more time to train. And that was truly amazing because I saw a lot of friends that I had from, you know, like I said, I've been in the wrestling business in the business, not as a wrestler, but in the business for geez, almost 20 years. And so since I was a teenager, and uh, so a lot of my friends that were indie wrestlers and that they really got hit hard. A lot of these guys, that's their only income right. and it disappeared. Yeah. So, uh, I was very, very blessed in the fact that I just got more training and I'm also blessed in the fact that I have a really good shoot job. So <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that you called it a shoot job. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's a little lingo. It just means that yes. it's like a day job. No, I no, I love it. <laughs> Um, yeah. All right. From one indie worker to another, from one current indie worker to a former indie worker, I uh, about two months in, I started. uh, I replaced the main ring announcer as uh, the official ring announcer for the NYWC while I was training, and that was eventually going to lead to some sort of angle, but I'll never forget how I felt on literally the first night when I was officially a part of the card, where I wasn't the guy that wiped down the ring and her chance of wipe it up, asshole, wipe it up. <laughs> oh my God. On my first I've night. I've never actually heard that chant. 
oh, you got to get out to the East Coast then. Um, but on my first night, the boys in the locker room, we had former TNA knockout Tracy Brooks on the card. And she basically, while I was announcing her match, started playing around me. And eventually it led to her shoving my face into her cleavage as a hmm. sort of rite of initiation. Okay. What was your first official moment as an as somebody on camera as on air talent, I should say, and what was going through your mind at that moment? Well, and once again, I do have to I do have to stress the point that I am so new in the business that I have not been what you would consider main card. I've done warm-up match, which mm -hmm. is just to get the crowd going. Uh, before I did that, actually, we played around with the idea of me being introduced as a ref. And uh, I refed a couple of matches. And probably the experience you're explaining, I'd have to say the closest thing I've had to that, uh, Xander, actually, <laughs> Xander Gold, uh, he was wrestling one of the other students who was actually graduating. And we, I ref their match, and we had a really great, just amazing match. And the next thing I know, as soon as it's over, he's not, he's not letting up his sharpshooter. And so I grab him and yank him off of the guy because, you know, he turns to me, and we kind of get into a yelling match and a stare down. I tell him to leave the ring, and he goes, I'm going, I'm going. He turns around and kicks me in the gut and gives me a stunner. <laughs> and, and it was it was kind of reminiscent and i remember when i was younger watching uh tough enough and i don't know if y'all remember the season when andy won but yeah yep. immediately he got slapped in the face by mcmahon and then stunned by stone cold yes yeah i was like i'm part of the roster I, I just took a stunner and what's really funny about that is uh, our ring somehow both of our weight coming down at the same point we broke one of the boards under the ring Ooh. yeah yeah we we landed hard. Ooh, oh, oh God! Yeah. I remember the first time. I, yeah. Honestly, unfortunately, that's not the last time that I broke something with a bump. So. <laughs> well, don't. I think that's a great segue. Tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I uh, I'm known for taking a little bit crazy bumps. Um, you know, at one point. This was just in training, actually, and I wish I had gotten a videotape because it would have been amazing on YouTube. But uh, I, I was laying on the ring apron, and I saw him, I, one of the other guys I was wrestling, I saw him coming at me, and I thought, okay, he's going to kick me off the apron. I thought, well, I really need to make this work. So I leaned into his kick, trying to you know push him off balance, and the next thing I know, I'm flying across the, uh, the small section between the wall and the ring. And there was a stack of chairs. I leaned up on the wall and I'm talking probably 30 chairs all piled up just randomly. I went through every one of them. It looked amazing. When I came back out though, I was a, I was a walking bruise. Ouch. Ooh. Now you, we use the term bump. Of course. Um, I was known as the, the guy that couldn't back bump. So, that, Seems a bit necessary in this sport. <laughs> yeah, but that 
segues into my next question. Mm -hmm. Take us through what you do in a typical WCWA training session. Because for me, we started with a left arm roll, right arm roll, back bump, handstand bump, and somersault bump. So take us through that if you can. Um, it, it entirely depends on which trainer we have that night, uh, which one we're assigned to. But, for example, Xander is a body guy, and he's big about the exercises. So we'll come in, and our warm-up will be 100 push-ups, 100 Hindu squats, 100 jumping jacks, 100 crunches, uh, 100 side-to-sides, and 50 burpees. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's what he'll start us out with, just to warm up. And then we start doing rolls and bumps and all the basic stuff. And then we get into advanced move sets. Uh, Knuckles, on the other hand, he is more of a character. He's more experienced. Uh, and I call him Knuckles. He's actually uh, Ivan Warsaw, but he wrestled for WWE as Knuckles Madsen back in the early, early, early days of NXT. Hmm. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, he was, uh, he came up with uh, guys like uh, Rusev, who is now Miro. Um, Xavier Woods, he came up with that class. Um, but anyways, he's more of a, a character-driven guy, and he's more of a let's get into the techniques as fast as possible. So his warm-up is really easy. It consists of running, you know, circles, doing, you know, sidestepping circles, twists and turns, and then do a few rolls, left arm, right arm. Usually it doesn't matter to him. Just to loosen you up, and then you'll run – a couple sets of blow up drills. So, you know, tackle knockdown drill or bolero drill or something like that. You'll run a couple sets to blow you up and get you real tired. And then he'll run in and then he'll immediately just go straight into, uh, into techniques and more advanced techniques. And he's really big about chain wrestling. So we'll spend usually one, two hours working on chain wrestling. Uh, even the advanced guys, you know, guys like me who have been in it for a while will spend a couple hours on chain wrestling. Now, considering uh, Knuckles Manson is one of your trainers, I know that uh, some of our guys, uh, when we had Norman Smiley in and asked some of our guys to come down, they came back with NXT drills, and those were m much more difficult than any drill mm -hmm. I've ever encountered. Have you gone through NXT drills with Knuckles? Uh, if we have, he hasn't labeled them as NXT drills, but I do know that he references a lot of, well, this is what we would do in NXT and this is what we would do. Mm -hmm. So, and, and the really great thing I love about training with Knuckles, he really understands that everybody's going to have their different styles. So he doesn't make everybody do the same thing. Uh, I don't do a lot of high flying stuff. I'm, 250 pounds i'm you know six feet tall i'm not going to fly a lot yeah um i'm very broad i'm very you know dense on the on the you know other side of that coin we got guys who are you know 190 pounds who are flyers and he's not going to make them do a bunch of big body slams and a bunch of big heavy lifting moves so okay. and it's it's actually really interesting that he, he trains you to the style that you're physically best suited for that's actually really good because it suits. That, that is great. Yeah. 
um, you know, we've been talking about your wrestling career so far. Um, how about mm-hmm. you take us back to the beginning? What hooked you on wrestling? What got you to the point where you said, I want to do that? So I grew up in a rodeo family. Uh, you know, we were big about steer wrestling and uh, bronco riding. That was that was real big in our family. And on top of that, a lot of stunt driving, um, monster trucks, things like that, that we were really into as a family. Wrestling wasn't very prominent at all. With exception, I had one cousin who was obsessed with two things, wrestling and video games. And <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> It sounds like me. Right. Sounds like all of us. <laughs> so he, I, I went over to his house. He was a bit older than I was. He was probably about three or four years older than I was. And I went over to his house, and he had the. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how old y'all are, but I'm. I'm kind of an old man. I'm. I'm, uh, I'm an old man too. I'm 36. Okay, you're a couple years older than I am. But uh, <laughs> y'all might remember the Super WrestleMania game on uh, on Super Nintendo. I had the Genesis version. It may have been the Genesis version he had, but uh, I, I think it was because I remember playing The Undertaker. Because uh, The Undertaker was in both versions. Sega had British Bulldog and Papa Shango. And, uh, it was definitely the Sega version because I remember him playing Papa Shango. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we, we played that, and I was terrible at it. I didn't understand anything. Like, why is this guy climbing up on top of the ring to jump off? And why is, you know, <laughs> I didn't understand it at all. And, uh, but I, I became obsessed with the idea of jumping off the top of the ring for some reason. And then he said, well, watch this. And he plugged in, I, I want to say it was WrestleMania three. And, uh, we were watching through a few different matches. It was really the, uh, uh, macho man versus Ricky steamboat that really stuck with me, but he had all the VHS tapes and all that. So every time I'd go spend the night at his house, we'd stay up watching wrestling. It got me really hooked. I was, uh, most importantly, the undertaker. He he is to this day been my all time favorite wrestler, uh, just because of the way that he could make that character work and come to life for you, and the, and the real deep backstory of it. You really wanted to believe that he's this is what he's fighting for. What's your uh, favorite version of the Undertaker? I'm sorry. What's your vi- favorite uh, version of the Undertaker? You know, version. Um, I would yeah. have to say. Uh, Probably just the post uh, mortician version, the kind of the dead man that wasn't a dead man. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Before pirate, he started doing the, the ministry, the pirate theme, as some people called it. I, I, I never heard that. Oh, yeah, you're, you're between ninety three into mid ninety seven, almost just about before Kane. Showed up. Yeah, right before Kane showed up when he was doing this whole uh, feud with Bret Hart. That was probably my favorite. Uh, uh, you know, you've you've uh, alluded to it uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, during your commentary days, what did you learn from that? Was there any, like, aha moments of watching matches? Like, you know, this clicks for me? This resonates? Well, Believe it or not, I still do commentary quite a bit. Um, in fact, you can find on YouTube uh, Xander Gold versus Magnificent Malico. I'm on commentary on that match, and it's actually a championship match from WCWA. Um, so I, I do still do commentary even when I am doing in-ring work. I just don't commentary my own matches, obviously. Um, well, that would be amazing if you beyond, did. <laughs> yeah, right? How, how, how are you going to make that work? 
but and we have a couple of different commentators that come out and we kind of rotate so it makes that really easy but as far as what I've learned I, I studied my whole childhood different names of different moves and where they came from and how they were developed and it, it was so it, it's real easy for me to do play-by-play -play. I'm learning a lot now about doing color commentary <laughs> mm -hmm. so trying to be a uh, what's the word trying to pick on people is getting kind of fun mm -hmm. oh yeah it's always fun to be antagonizing isn't it right the funny thing is uh, the other show uh, that I started back uh, almost five years ago to the day this week uh, the remix is in fact the first and as far as I know still the only live streaming alternate audio commentary podcast. Wow. Yeah. About, yeah. yeah. We, just, uh, we just did a Hell in a Cell, correct, Scooter? Yeah. That was a hell of a show, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. I'll have to look that one up. I'm actually looking forward to the Hell in a Cell this weekend. Uh, as far as current roster goes, Bailey and Sasha Banks are actually two of my favorites. So every match they've ever done against each other has just blown the roof off. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, um, now, before stepping in the ring, you um, you said that you, you've been doing uh, – you've done everything outside of the ring before actually getting in the ring. What was yes, some... I, I wrote a story. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, what I was going to ask is, what were some important moments during that time for you? Important moments? Um, I was, I actually came from marketing background, so I kind of used that skill to try to promote local indie promotions and try to build them. Uh, and then I got involved. I, I don't know if it, either of y'all know where Branson, Missouri is. Yes. I, I do. Um, uh, my wife's family is uh, from uh, Birmingham, and uh, we just vacationed in Orange Beach, actually, which I saw you did as well. Yes, this year, actually, we, we did. So, yeah. Uh, and I, I loved it. It was a blast. Uh, Mobile is a beautiful city, by the way. But, uh, yeah, Branson does a lot of shows. They do especially a lot of country music shows, but they do a lot of different kinds of shows. And I had friends of mine who used to have a show there. And so they taught me a ton about stage work and lighting and things like that. So I did a lot of technical work for local indie promotions. Um, then commentary. I have never done ring announcing. I actually was asked if I'd be interested in it just recently. So I'm not sure that I have the voice for that, <laughs> but you know, never say no. I, I, I will say this. I do find that a lot of indie promotions like their ring announcers to be strictly professional to the point where they won't show any enthusiasm or any sign of a character. And I would say that was my biggest regret, that I wasn't really allowed to be myself. And the only time I was allowed to be myself as a ring announcer was the night I was getting attacked by a guy named Josh Daniels who was waging war on all the rookies. So, hmm. 
I, okay. I always love a good invasion okay. angle. <laughs> so you're digging what Retribution's doing on WWE right now? Uh, I was before they stopped wearing full black masks. And like, I, I love the idea of just a group that comes in and wrecks everything. But when it became just, you know, the, their way of calling up a bunch of NXT talent, people who are truly incredibly talented and they, they kind of put them in the background this way. And I'm not sure I'm happy with that. They were doing better work in NXT. Now, who, um, how, how, how should I put this? Oh, I lost my train of thought, James. <laughs> okay, uh, your name is Whiskey John. Yes. Uh, you don't get a name like Whiskey John when you can't draw back a couple of shots. <laughs> huh? No, I, I've had my fair share, that's for sure. How much have you intake in one night or day? Uh, in a single day, there uh, in a single, well, in a single sitting, and I, I do not advise this. I always say drink responsibly, but uh, you will let your name is Whiskey sitting, John, <laughs> right? Actually, funny story behind that. The reason why I have the nickname Whiskey is because uh, he, once again, I grew up in the South, and I grew up in a very country family, obviously with rodeos and all that, and uh, my grandfather who is one of the most important people in my life, he made moonshine. And he made what what we called medicinal moonshine. And even as a kid, if you had a sore throat, a toothache, a, you know, whatever, moonshine kind of, was the medicine. Kind of like what uh, Granny on the Beverly Hills would call exactly. what you drink. Exactly. And uh, so when I was – when I got the nickname, I would always say whiskey is the best medicine. And uh, finally, one day I was uh, working as a bouncer and the guy, this guy was just being very, very annoying. And I, somebody made the joke, uh, will whiskey cure, uh, will whiskey cure me or something like that? And I looked down and I said, for what you got, give me a shot and I'll prove it. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I became Whiskey John. So, but uh, as far as how much I've actually drank to answer your question, I think the most I've ever thrown back, my brother and I one time killed half a gallon. Damn. Yeah, it's we're we're big guys though. We're you know it he's pushing three hundred pounds. It takes a so. few to get a buzz. You've uh, yeah. you've you've never attempted to break you know Andre the giant levels of drinking, have you? No, I'm not that big. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sounds like uh, uh, Whiskey John would get really along with uh, Calico, no Scooter? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Um, I did remember my question. Yay. All right. When it comes to your matches, are you more of a call spots on the fly in the ring? And if you're in with somebody who's got more experience than you, let them lead you? Or are you more planning out your entire match in advance, similar to what Randy Savage would do? Um... I actually, I enjoy taking cues in the ring. Um, the, the big thing about it is, though, I'm not experienced enough to call my own. Uh, now, in some training matches, I've called a few things, and I'll, you know, 
my big spots, I'll, you know, duck your head or whatever. But uh, I'm, I'm big about like my, my main move set includes a short arm clothesline. That's very reminiscent of uh, John Bradshaw Layfield. So I'll, you know, rear all the way back and just tear somebody's head off. You really, if you're not careful, it really will tear your head off. So, um, you know, things like that. I'll do a uh, similar to Kane's uh, top rope clothesline. I'll do one like that. I love that. Uh, my finisher is actually a big splash off the turnbuckle. Kind of, in fact, it's almost exactly what uh, Jake Hager does. So, and that's kind of a callback uh, to your video game days as a child, no? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I'm not a big fan of going off the top turnbuckle. I'll do it for a clothesline or something like that, but I really hate doing splashes off the top. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't even like doing elbow drops, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm big and I'm hard. Yeah. But, and, and what most people think is, well, isn't it like landing on a trampoline? No. No, not even a little bit. It's, I'm jumping off a turnbuckle and landing on pine boards. <laughs> so. Yeah. In the NYWC, we we did a lot of well, basically every month there would be some form of death match, and somebody would blade. Are you into a particular death match style? Have you bladed? Have you been busted open the hard way? Or are you more about that stuff? That, that blood doesn't really, isn't really required to have an entertaining match. Well, see, I, I have been busted open the hard way. Uh, I've never bladed. I work primarily in Arkansas where it's actually against uh, the athletic commission. Uh, so you know we don't do uh, and what most people don't know about the re about wrestling I'm sure you remember this if you're in a state that does allow blading or any kind of bleeding uh, or getting color as we call it um, they usually require blood tests and Arkansas does not but you're also not allowed to bleed so uh, I have like I said I've gotten busted open twice once was my own doing by entirely by accident i and it was one of the stupidest ways to i uh went for a, a collar and elbow tie up and as i twisted to get into my wrist lock that i use in almost every match i mean one of the most simple moves you'll ever use i somehow caught myself across the forehead with my thumbnail Ooh. and i hit it at just the right spot it just bled and bled it was all over my eyes it was bad and then uh, i hit i Got it once off the turn the turn post. So. You know, you've been uh, in this uh, this business of wrestling for about eight months now. Mm -hmm. um, let's go down the line. Where do you see Whiskey John in pro wrestling five years down the line? Five years down the line, I would. Uh... I would definitely hope to see something in the way of uh, the major leagues, you know, AEW or WWE. Um, you know, WWE is your more corporate, your more Walmart style wrestling, I guess, uh, where they control everything. AEW is a little looser with what they do. But either way, I would be extremely happy. Now, given the ties and the business that I have, I would see more of an AEW type run. But uh, that, that's what I'm hoping for. I think once I finish up, 
here and, you know, get a little bit of experience on the, the local indie scene, which our local indie scene runs all the way from Southern Kansas down to Texas. So it's, it's a big, you know, spread of indie promotions that we work with. And, uh, so once I get a little more experience on that, I'm looking at probably going to one of the roads schools or possibly going back down to Florida and going to the NOI school hmm. and get some more advanced hmm. techniques learned. Uh, a buddy of mine actually who graduated the same Academy I'm in just went to, uh, uh, Tyler breezes, uh, flatbacks Academy. And he hmm. spent like two months learning from them from a bunch of different WWE talent. He said he, he, it was amazing. All right. Well, we, if we are now at our bonus round, um, just think of, you know, your best given answer for these quick shoot uh, questions. All right. I'll do my best. Excluding yourself, greatest wrestler of all time. Greatest wrestler of all time, Eddie Guerrero. Worst hmm. wrestler of all time. Worst wrestler of all time? Eva Marie. <laughs> you know she's coming <laughs> she's coming back to WWE. I right? know, I know. I'm <laughs> cringing. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love her fitness brand. I've watched a bunch of her videos. She's an incredible talent. She's just not a very good wrestler. Fair enough. Alright. Your main event in WrestleMania for the World Championship. Who is your opponent? My opponent? In other words, who would I most like to go in a, the big show with? Yes. That's a really good question. I never really thought about it. I'd have to say uh, with the current roster, yes. I'd love to wrestle Drew McIntyre. Okay. I've got a bonus question I'm going to sneak in here. Sure. What, right. has, what, what has been your personal favorite match of your career so far of my career yes uh, actually best match i ever did and I, I haven't had a lot of matches so just bear with me on this and most of them have been in practice and the best match i ever did actually was in practice i did a uh, just a quick little broadway with uh, i think it was a 10 minute match with pineapple jack and uh, who is the student i was talking about that i had actually refed his match and we, you know, we killed it. I mean, and it was funny because it was before a show, we were just getting some training in because the ring was up. And we decided to just do a quick little match and pulled one of our friends in to ref it. And it's it's actually the match that I hurt my back in because I caught him wrong on a crossbody. Uh, it's, uh, but we hit straight crossbodies. I hit a brain buster. I mean, it was just absolutely crazy. We did some of the best moves we ever did. We got actual pops from the little bit of crowd that was there, which was all families of other wrestlers. <laughs> so uh, it's the only pop I think I've ever actually got. It's, so, it's funny because I could say, I consider my best match in practice was a match against AEW's John Silver. So <laughs> yeah, it's always the ones that nobody sees that are always the best. Russell, like nobody's watching because mm -hmm. they're not. Um, <laughs> Next question. In the undercard, sometimes I feel that way. <laughs> if you could come out to anyone's entrance music, past or present, who would it be? Entrance music, like any any wrestler. Yes. Edge. 
Which version? I'm a, I'm a big which Alter Bridge fan. Okay. Uh, so not Dragula. <laughs> or, no, or, uh, never, never, never gonna stop. I'm sorry, not Dracula. Yeah. yeah, Foxy Bob Foxy Trumpy. is actually the name of that song. Yeah, but that's actually a really good answer. All right. Um, finish the sentence. Kayfabe is not something I generally talk about. <laughs> <laughs> right answer. There you go. All right. Squash. Is it a fruit or a vegetable? Uh, it, it's a match in which one person gets all the offense. Right again. <laughs> <laughs> all right. New Japan wrestler Taichi Ringyo gets smaller every year, revealing more of himself to the world. My question to you, what is the appropriate trunks to butt cheek ratio for Ringyo? Um, <laughs> so my gear actually is, uh, trunks with, uh, some, I forget the name of the material, but it's, it's chaps that I actually wear in the ring. So you, you do have a little sliver of skin that you can see between my trunks. Uh, I think that your if your trunks can be confused with a thong at any point in your match, then you're not wearing them right. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, Sonny Kiss is a great wrestler, but I don't know here. <laughs> you mean you can't pull off the Sonny Kiss King ring gear? Oh, well, I mean, I'm Whiskey John. I can pull off just about anything, but it is <laughs> a little much for my thing. All right, and this is our last question. All right. Have you ever struck up a conversation about Darby Allen in a supermarket? <laughs> About Darby Allen in a supermarket? No, but I have at work. Okay, we we uh, need details work, on I'm that. In my day job. What, and where is this day job? Uh, well, I work in a factory. Actually, I'm a I'm a foreman for a factory. It but, doesn't uh, count. <laughs> Fair enough. We did this challenge where we went to local supermarkets and we would ask people in different ways if they had heard of Darby Allen. Fair and, enough. And it was uh it Scooter was interesting got kicked out of a supermarket. Uh, yeah, just about. So and we we all did it in different ways. And it's it's a sort of sort of our uh little running joke. Gotcha. Well, actually, what's really funny is my wife and I were talking about him earlier because we were watching Dark and he was one of the matches on Dark. And we were talking about how that uh, coffin drop he does is the craziest thing I've ever seen. And it, it looks so simple, but just to drop, jump blindly at somebody, I couldn't do it. I imagine so. All right. Yeah, it, it's terrifying. All right, Whiskey Joe. Uh, Whiskey John, my bad. Oh. <laughs> Whiskey John. Uh, that, you had too much whiskey. I, apparently I have. Um. That will conclude our interview. Where could they find John, uh, Whiskey John on social media once again? Uh, like I said, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and TikTok. So uh, just search Whiskey John. I'm the one with the cowboy hat. And I speak from uh, my co-host Scooter Dust, Coleco Yachts, Mitch Mayhem. We all wish you the best in 
your future career. Hope you the best. And I, I will say this: when you eventually get signed, you must promise to grant Wrestling with Entertainment the first interview. Uh. You know, I, I don't want to make blind promises, and that's I, one of my things. I'm, but uh, I will say that I, I can promise you an interview. I, I, usually with a promotion, I that, end up interviewing with their guys first. That, that's just as good. That is just right. as good. Just remember Definitely who you started with, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do appreciate y'all having me. This has been a blast. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, uh, we, could op- uh, we could absolutely do this again in the future. I hope so. Definitely. Let me, uh, let me get a few belts on me, and then we'll uh, talk again. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm sure this isn't the, the last of crazy stories from Whiskey John that we've heard so far. So, if you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, comment, vote on YouTube and CastBox. Um, we will be talking all things Hell in a Cell next week on the show or on Saturday more correctly. Um, you can find me on Twitter as well at JamesJ993. Where can they find Scooter Dust? As always, find me at Scooter Dust on Twitter and represent the UNB Network at UNBS Wrestling. For Whiskey John, Coleco Yacht, Mitch Mayhem, Scooter Dust. I am James J, and this has been Wrestling with Entertainment.